Welcome to 40N. I'm Annie. And I'm Ellen. We're here to talk about mental health, gossip, and everything in between. Settle in. It's time for your weekly dose of psychobabble and other shit. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of your weekly dose of psychobabble and other shit, where we explore mental health stuff and some not so serious stuff that's just fun. Yeah, and today we are talking about codependency. So what it is, what it looks like, how you've probably thought of it, how it actually may apply to your regular life, things like that. And then we shift into the world of adults at Disneyland. We are two of those. We are two of those adults. We're going to talk about why we love Disneyland why people have a problem with it. But then we're going to break down the weird different tiers of weird people at Disneyland. And we've seen it yeah. all and we're going to explain them to you. Yeah. So that way you can be well informed. It's an it's a huge topic that we talk about between us. Like I would say probably on a semi-regular basis, like once or twice a week. But we'll get it's daily. daily. <laughs> we talk about this daily, which we will. So we cannot wait to yeah. talk about that. But let's go ahead and start with our highs and lows of this past week. Annie, um, what are your what was your high and what was your low? Um, let's see. So my high was I've been listening to the Jeffrey Epstein podcast. That's your high. Oh, that's my low. Did I say high? Yeah. Oh, that's no, it's not my high. That's my I mean, it's interesting. It's my low. Um Jeffrey Epstein is low. Yeah, he's not a high. Um, and it's it's called Truth and Lies, Jeff by or Jeffrey Epstein. And it's I think it's by ABC and it's like ABC News and it's a deep dive into his life and all of the like corruption. And the allegations. And the, oh, the allegations, the corruption, like everything. Yeah. It's disgusting it's and I it, it reminds me of a similar feeling that I had when I listened to the believed podcast that was a, a dive into the Larry Nassar case with USA Gymnastics and it was just disgusting and it's so angry it makes me so angry because I listen to it and I'm like how does this go on and it's just like such an abuse of like power and just like really like money can you can do anything yeah if you have money you can do anything and it's like yep like he had a private plane mm-hmm. where he was just like shipping the around girls, express. the lolita express and just shipping girls around and it's just like i can't and and so I mean, many people oh yeah oh it's my sick. god and and the thing that's so disgusting is like and there was the same in the larry nassar case is like so many people knew and just didn't do anything. Yeah, that's always weird. And it's just like it's really, it's really, really upsetting. Um, so that's your low. That's my like, low. And I also think like I think it's an important listen too because I think a lot of people like because I'll like talk about it, especially with like the Larry Nassar one where I was like, oh my god, like you should listen to this podcast. And people are will really kind of back away from that kind of stuff of like, oh, that's talking about child sex abuse. Like I don't want to listen to that. And like I get it, but I also think that it's an important piece of like we need to bring this out of the shadows and mm-hmm. like we need to have an understand we're not going to move forward as a society and and which by the way sex trafficking for children is at an all-time high yeah. so like we're not going to move forward as a society if we don't uncover no matter how uncomfortable it makes us what is contributing to this and what needs to happen and I like I do understand I mean I used to work a lot with severely abused and neglected kids so 99.9% of the time that involved child sexual abuse so I, I do think I have like a higher tolerance of like 
list I've heard it before right. of like listening to that but I, I just think it's really important and it's like it's like yeah it's like I don't want to hear about it but like we need to because otherwise right. the same shit <laughs> that just keeps happening and it's so it's so gross so anyway that's my low and like my soapbox of the day mm-hmm. um my high, high my high would be that I am hiring a cleaning person good for you which is like it's about time I know and if you knew me like you would be like what because I'm very I'm very frugal with money like I just don't like to and spend. you clean nonstop. I'm a so it's not like cleaner. your place is like really dirty yeah it's like you I'm a big cleaner for yeah. sure yeah so I'm I, it was just getting to the point where, like, I, I work on Saturdays now. I do therapy on that day. Right. Because it's so much easier for clients to come in, and then I don't have to stay late during the week. And you I want just to come home and clean Exactly, place. which is what I was doing. And I was just like, I don't, ha- I, I don't have time for this anymore. No. And it's actually really reasonably priced. Like, yeah, it, it's so – It's yeah, so affordable. so affordable. It's, like, 50 bucks yeah. for, like, an hour. Like, that's, like, nothing. More than that, usually. It's they, what I, Yes, but what I'm doing is 50 bucks an hour. Well, I mean, like, usually – you you may get like a little more time than that yeah that's great yeah 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 so I think um yeah that takes stuff off your plate yeah I I think that's important to think about ways that you can like outsource Mm -hmm. ways that are affordable things that like make you feel better take off your things like I said take take off your plate and I think that's yeah it's like a a self-care thing yeah it's totally self-care that's good I'm very happy for you um okay so mine this is Ellen Mine was, okay, my low was last Saturday, I went to a friend's birthday party. And when I showed up there, my ex-boyfriend was in the bar on a date. And it was so awful. awful. And we haven't talked. We haven't talked in four over four months. And we haven't seen each other for almost a year, even though we both live in the same city. That's so crazy. I can't believe it's been long. Yeah. And, like, LA is, like, a big city, but it's a small city. And, like, the part of town that we were in is the part of town that he lives in. And I had thought on the car there, what if he was at this bar? And I was like, no, that's crazy. Like, I'm not even going to go there. And then the second I walk in, my friend is like, he is in here on a date. And I was like, oh, my God. So, needless to say, I just stayed for in, like – for like 30 minutes and then left it was just like so freaking awkward so that was a mm. low it's n- it's just like very surreal to have to like watch your former partner doing you know I don't yeah it's just weird it's of course just, it is it's yeah. so it's so weird so that was no fun um but my high was I got put on jury duty this week and I was really dreading it but looking back on it it was actually kind of fun um, I got put on a case. It was a criminal trial. It only lasted for like a day and a half. So that's good. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It was like interesting. And like, I didn't, I've never been to jury duty, never done any of that. And so I had no idea how the system worked. And it was kind of fun to like, cause when you're on the jury, like everyone's like pandering to you. <laughs> like I haven't had that much attention toward me <laughs> in a really long Especially time. Especially coming off of seeing um, your ex on a date. It's like. It was lovely yeah, to have yeah. like the judge be like, are you guys okay? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then they have like a fridge stock full of like 20 different kinds of sodas. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you can like. Like, you know, all the lawyers are, like, talking directly to you, and they're desperate for you to be on their side. Mm-hmm. And so if you ever need, like, if you feel like me and you're starved for attention in your personal <laughs> life, maybe when you get on jury duty, it'll be just what you yeah. need to yeah, feel yeah. to feel, <laughs> to feel something. Like you matter in this 
So <laughs> think about jury duty in a different way next time you have it. You may be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. You, I feel like you learned a lot about like the judicial system. As I well. did. I learned yeah. so much. It was fascinating. Yeah. It was just like cool to just like see how all this stuff works. And then uh, it just like do something totally different. Like go to a different part of town, go downtown, like wear fancy clothes, <laughs> feel like you're jury duty finest. Yeah. Feel like you're like on a mission um, for justice. For justice. Yeah. <laughs> so it was fun. So today we're going to talk about, for our psychobabble topic of the day, we're going to talk about codependency, which I feel like has, I feel like it's kind of a buzzword. I, I was going to say it's yeah. a buzzword, but I feel like a lot of people don't actually know what yes. it means. Yes, 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 yes. So I do a lot of, I think, psychoeducation with my clients at least around like what is codependency because I think that when you hear it, it's like, oh, I'm, I mean... I'm dependent, quote unquote, on this other person, or we can't exist without each other. That's really not what it means, actually. Um, it's it's quite different. I mean, it's similar, but it's it's actually explain I think, it to us. Okay, so we'll do. Um, so the origins around codependency are substance use. Um, that's where the topic originated, with the idea being that if you're in a relationship with someone who uses substances, alcoholic drugs you know, gambling, whatever, that person is the dependent. And then the like normie, quote unquote, if you're not familiar with like a language that someone who doesn't, who isn't an addict is the codependent. So it's basically looking at substance use through like a systems lens of like, there's the dependent person and then there's the codependent and how they function together. So it's not being Atta- too attached to each other that's a kind of and a when you say partner is that always like romantic partner or can that be like I could, oh it can be the family for sure right yeah yeah family or like anyone who's sort of involved in a close relationship with this person got it um i think most often it's labeled to romantic partners because that tends to be the people who have a lot of time and energy invested right into the relationship but it can it codependency can stretch to other oh yeah to other people for sure yeah, yeah. and and family is a huge yeah. one yeah, yeah yeah um and i think you know in layman's terms the cure to codependency is you do you and i'll do me and the recognition that we can't change other people no matter how much we want to or how much we try and i find that for literally everyone that's a really difficult pill to swallow whether it's having to do with alcohol or substances or something totally different so I want someone to change you know their alcohol use so that means that I'm going to talk to them about it constantly I'm gonna like make remarks I'm gonna be condescending like are you having another drink I'm gonna hide the bottles Mm -hmm. I'm gonna not go to work to make sure I watch them so they don't drink like that's kind of a very classic example of codependent behavior and it's the codependent person wanting to control the other person and the recognition that needs to happen is that on any level whether it's like with an extreme example or a more benign example that doesn't have to do with maybe drugs and alcohol we really can't change other people's behavior even if we think we can Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm And I think that a big piece of understanding codependency is that through us trying to control another person's behaviors rather rather than them just dealing with their own shit, basically, 
then we don't allow the natural process of them to face the consequences of their actions. So it actually enables right. the other person's behavior. So again, going back to the example of like, um, you know, alcoholism. So if you're hiding the bottles from another person or you're like making codescendent remarks or, um, you know, you're trying to stop them from using, mm-hmm. then that person is actually going to be spending their energy being mad at you and thinking of you as the problem when obviously the real problem is the substance use, right? right? It's like diverting the energy away from the actual issue at hand and it's actually enabling it to continue because it's not allowing the other person to face the true consequences of their actions and make their own decisions around what they want to change, which again is a hard pill to swallow. Of like, yeah. I can't make other people change their mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's really hard to think about that in terms of when it can be like a life or death situation. Of course. Of substance use. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely like, those can be isolated cases. Um, and those are, you know, mm-hmm. definitely happen to a lot of people. But mm-hmm. yeah, in terms of saying codependency can occur in substance use what are the other ways that it can occur in well I think like a big part of it is a codependent person changes themselves to adapt to the relationship to make another person happy so they lose themselves because they want to change or manipulate the situation and this could be in a relationship let's just take like um like a couple like yeah like a boyfriend and girlfriend or you know mm-hmm. whoever. Yeah, yeah so it can look like you know um caregiving of like I don't want another person to be mad at me I want to control how they feel around things mm-hmm. it can look like you know underachieving like someone is like you know in your opinion not living up to your potential so you're trying to like change you know, that or like make them like do this or that. You see that a lot with like the failure to failure to launch population. Right. Um, that's kind of become a new hot topic with I think as millennials. Yeah. Become adults. It's like there's this big there's a big idea around like boomer parents feeling like their kids are like not motivated or like the failure to launch, quote unquote, staying at home, not really doing a job, kind of like feeling paralyzed there's actually been a lot of like treatment centers i think that have mm-hmm. uh, like like really specifically for that population at least right. in the los angeles area of like let's let let us help your kids function as adults um and a lot of that has to do with parents again like enabling those behaviors of like you know right. shitting on the kid like why aren't you doing what you're doing over functioning trying to take on the responsibility mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and it's it's actually really enabling Right. Behavior. And I this concept is like hard for me sometimes because we've talked about it a lot just, you know, in my personal life and with my relationship and our past relationships. Um, it's hard for me to separate. It's hard for me to imagine not being in a relationship with someone again, for example, a romantic relationship with someone and not like wanting that feeling of not wanting to like fix them not that there's something inherently wrong with them but like when there's something going on like wanting to be you know what I mean like to like say like to well I think it's like like, to sit with I can't change it right because it feels like yeah I can yeah you know like my presence or it's like you know I think you said that to me once where it's like your role in a relationship is not to make the other person happy or like you know be their source of happiness and that's like that's a hard pill for me to swallow Mm -hmm. because I feel like I want to be that person and I mean maybe there's a difference like you know I always like 
it's not like when I'm in a relationship with someone, yeah, like I, I want to be the person to make them happy and smile, but I think maybe there's and a difference. And fix what's going on for them. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a difference between like when it crosses the thing of like, okay, there's something going on with them and like they have to figure this out themselves and I can't take this away from them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, aside from the things of like, you know, I want to be like a happy, fun person to spend time with think those two are different obviously yeah I and I think the line is is drawn between am I changing how I behave in the relationship and altering my patterns of behavior in in a way that orbits another person's needs basically or am I trying to exert control over someone's life choices and there's and I hear. But don't you think we all do that? Well, yeah, yeah. Like to, I mean, I feel like there there have to be levels. That, I feel like in any relationship, like you, there's always going to be some of that give and take of like someone's altering a little bit to in in like an isolated time period, and then but it, you know, I think it goes back. Yeah, I think the difference is recognizing that that's their choice to change or not versus I can make this happen or you you have to change for for me or I have to change for you. Right. And thinking that... Or it's my role now to be the one to, like... Be your cheerleader. Yeah, be your cheerleader. Like, be the one that... Be the one who keeps you sober. Right. Be the one that, like, makes sure you feel on track and on support because... Be be the one who helps you get your job. Like, all that kind of stuff is... That's a lot of work. Well, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's just not... It's really just not your role. And I think... I think women in particular have a hard time with codependency because uh, in a lot of ways we've been taught that we do have to support people. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's my problem with it. Cause I feel like that's, that's also just like a function kind of of like my personality, like, you know, I'm proud of myself for being, you know, a compassionate, empathetic person, but sometimes, yeah, it's like, there comes a, a point when you're like giving too much yeah. Yeah. And you know, your um it's like the 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 give and take, the push and pull in any relationship or friendship or family relationship is um the scale is like tipped. Well, I think and I think you brought up the important piece of like what can be a red flag is like when you're starting to lose your identity. Yeah. You know, or if the identity of a couple is starting to be about one person, mm-hmm. that's I to me that's a big red flag of like and and again like it can be in terms of mental health, mm-hmm. you know, or it can be in terms of substance abuse or it can be in terms of like life transitions. It can really be anything, but it's once the narrative of a dynamic, a family or a couple starts to shift from us as a family or us as a couple to like this person and their issues and everyone sort of like focusing on that or trying to fix it or enabling it. That's when things start to shift around the identity of the group as a whole and the identity and the identities of an individual. Right. And I think I'll pop in here and kind of give my own experience with that. Um, My boyfriend or my now ex-boyfriend we were together for four years and he was is um a screenwriter and like an aspiring screenwriter and when we met he was still working on scripts he wasn't signed to anyone and that was like a big um thing for him you know he was pursuing this creative passion um that doesn't have a clear um it 
it doesn't have a clear guarantee of success or a real clear path of getting about it. It's more, there's a lot of things involved. It's who you know, it's luck. It's um, a lot of different things that are out of your control. So when we met um, and throughout the course of our relationship, I, as I've looked back on it, and even I, I knew it was happening in the moment, it always felt like him myself and his writing career it was like three people in the relationship because it's what we talked about all the time it's which is so classic of like like take like you know a husband a wife and alcohol like that's a triangle right yeah and it's exactly what you're talking about here right exactly and it was every not every conversation I mean it's not to say he was very supportive and of, of me and anything I was going through it's not like it was that but there was definitely this it was like this shared dream of I mean, it was his dream. And then when we got together, it was my dream for him. And it became this constant discussion where we talked all the time about, you know, his scripts and what he's working on and this and that. And then, okay, here we go. You're sending it out. Okay. You didn't hear back, you know? And then it's like, I had, I felt like I always had to be the one to be the cheerleader to Mm -hmm. keep him going. Cause he would doubt himself. Be like, I'm going to give up. I'm going to quit. And I had to be like, no, don't like, you got this. Mm -hmm. You can do this. And then it's like, Oh, I think a lot of people would hear that and be like, what's wrong with that like you should support your partner and it's like yes but like that started to be your role right and it's right 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 yeah and I think I definitely crossed the line in taking on that as my role um because I I I had no boundaries with it we could talk about it at any time Mm -hmm. no matter what was happening I, I always wanted to make sure that he felt better no matter if you know, he didn't hear back from someone he sent the, the script to. If he got um, sent it out for notes and got a bad review on it, I wanted to make sure it was like this thing of like, don't go to bed angry. I had to make sure he wasn't going to bed feeling like he couldn't wake up the next morning and do it. Mm-hmm. It was like, I I, I wanted to you be wanted this. To fix it. Yeah, I wanted to fix it. Mm-hmm. I, even though none of it was in my control, there was absolutely mm-hmm. nothing I could do to make him make someone sign him as a man, you know, as a client. There's nothing I could do to make someone buy his script. But in my mind, I was like, oh, I can control this by making sure he never gives up and we can talk about it all the time Mm -hmm. and we can always bounce and he can always bounce ideas off me Mm -hmm. and we can always, um, you know, I'll I'll take the blame for things. Mm -hmm. If like something I suggested for his script didn't work, Mm -hmm. um, then I'll take the blame for that and be like, oh, like, you know, that that was my idea to put that in there. So like, don't worry about that. Like, you know, that was my bad, you know, all these Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And like, that was really, you know, I I don't know anything about writing. I don't know. And I mean, I, I, I worked in entertainment at the time. And I knew some things of the business, but I didn't know anything about really anything, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, you know, and he went to school for screenwriting and knew so much more. And so it's like, you know, it's not like I was an expert in the, in the field, but you know, anyway, when we broke up, I felt like when we broke up, my eating disorder came back because I think in looking back on it, I didn't know what to do with myself. Mm -hmm. Like my function as a person was tied for four years to my partner and his writing career. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. afterwards. Well, if you look at that in like a, a triangle perspective, so there was you, your ex, 
and the screenwriting and then take away the screenwriting and your ex and there's just you like that's a really scary Uh, yeah and I was so alone and it was a really like not good breakup it wasn't it was very like he was very angry at me and very pissed and it wasn't like this natural dissolution of you know two friends going yeah. their separate ways it would, you know i felt a lot of guilt and i felt like this person that i loved now hated me yeah. and um this person that you know i felt depended on me i felt a lot of guilt for like now leaving him out in the world of like mm-hmm. you know i had a lot of thoughts of what what's he going to do without me how is he going to keep going and writing like yeah. he's he doesn't yeah. have me anymore mm-hmm. and i think i coped with that at the time just through food and exercise and well, just controlling something yeah so you were trying to control Alex's oh god career. oh god yeah yeah and so i instead i went to controlling my body and um it wasn't until it's now been a year and a half since we've broken up And I had a breakthrough with my therapist a few weeks ago of really realizing how much I've come to form my own identity since we've been apart and how much of my own identity now is not based around um, Alex and his writing career and different things like that. My identity is... My identity is now so much more focused on myself, which seems obvious. Like, your identity should be yourself. Yeah. But for four years, it, it, it... Well, not just yourself, though, but, like, what makes me happy. Yeah, what makes yeah. me me and me happy. And it's not to say that in those years that I was with together with my ex, it's not that I wasn't happy and things like that. But I see the difference now mm-hmm. being out of it of how much um, my identity is now, you know, my house, um, decorating it how I how I want, mm-hmm. like those kind of simple things of like design and keeping things how I keep it. You know, I don't do the dishes every night because I just don't want to, mm-hmm. and I do them when I do them, and I keep I I don't clean every Saturday because I feel like we should, or I clean when I want when I feel like it's dirty, and now I, you know we used to get up really early in the morning to work out and I don't do that anymore. I sleep in Mm -hmm. until I want to sleep in and I don't feel, and I work out when I want to. Mm -hmm. It's like creating my own schedule, my own time. I'm now doing things that I want to do. Um, And I feel, I think the biggest thing that I felt is some of these certain things that are just like, now like non-negotiables for me like I I, I I look back on kind of where I was mm-hmm. and the things that I was so malleable about mm-hmm. to other people's opinions and if mm-hmm. someone wanted me to do that then I'd be like okay but now I'm kind of like I know what I like and I know what I don't like and I feel much more um true in my convictions and your boundaries and my boundaries mm-hmm. and my and my identity like truly so that was kind of my experience with codependency that I really didn't come to realize until recently. Until recently yeah. yeah. And I think it very much lays into a response to trauma and that's what codependency is. So you're basically like going to be primed as a person to have some more codependent tendencies um, if you've undergone some traumatic stuff mm-hmm. because trauma creates highly – not always, but very often a res- a one of the types of 
responses to trauma is being highly perfectionistic and controlling because if things were unsafe or insecure and unpredictable, then your way of making sure that's not going to happen again is making sure that things are perfect and people are controlled around you and I need to control them because otherwise it feels unsafe and what could happen, um, which I can very much identify with. Um, so some diagnoses that tend to correlate with control in this kind of like frame of like, okay, codependency is, is control and a response to trauma eating disorders, which yes, we I have that. Yeah. <laughs> I've literally looked at this list. I check off all this you, I know, eating disorders. Check. Yes. Eating disorders. Um, OCD. Check. Um, generalized anxiety disorder. Check. Panic attacks. Check. Insecure attachment. Um, I guess you do have that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yes. do another episode around attachment, but you I are guess I, 100% I, insecure. Okay, great. I need to learn more about that. Yeah, you're, you're, I was actually thinking about this in the shower last night. I was like, because I, I, I do really think I am securely attached and you are very much not. Which, oh my God. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I'm very curious. We'll, yeah, yeah. we'll talk about this afterwards. Um, and then, and then depression. Check. <laughs> I literally hit all of those. <laughs> and then depression because it's a protective factor to keep – like sometimes with, with depression, if we feel like we keep things perfect enough, it's like, okay, cool, then I won't get depressed again because it feels really scary yes. to be depressed. Yes. Um, so I think like when you kind of think about all of those different um, disorders and diagnoses that relate to control, it's good – it's good to take inventory of like, hmm, okay, so I really like control. So that means that I am pretty susceptible to if other people feel out of control to me, wanting to manage that and wanting to fix that because it comes from a place of this makes me uncomfortable yes. and I'm afraid I can't handle it. So I'm going to do as much as I can to exert control over other people and I think in the moment and we'll get into this in a second but in the moment it feels like we're doing a great job like I'm so good at this like kind of like we are the example like I'm a gr I'm great at managing Alex's anxiety right I'm great at oh, managing yeah. his career yeah and to the point of when we broke up I was like what is he gonna do without yeah. me like yeah, he's yeah. gonna be like a loss like I was mm -hmm. like he's I'm gonna find him like wandering the streets yeah. like he's just he's gonna have no idea <laughs> what his, his clothes will be tattered he has no idea yeah he's he's <laughs> his scripts will be fluttering yeah. around him. <laughs> he's, he's absolutely lost without me. Yeah, God, looking at that list and everything, it's like, I was like... You're like a, prime. A perfect storm. Perfect storm, for oh. sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I am as well. I mean, I think our family is very um, enmeshed and then control-based as well. So it's like... Uh, yeah, I think there was a lot of stuff, yeah, growing up that... Contributed to Yeah, us and like family relationships, yeah, contributed mm -hmm. to, to moving on to the next. Yeah, because yeah, I had... Makes sense. Because I had an eating disorder. I definitely... I have OCD tendencies. I don't... I don't have full-blown. Yeah. But I've got some shit around cleaning. And then obviously... And then... Mm, I think that's about it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not that that's not like its own monsters in its own way, but I'm definitely not <laughs> all this. Um, so for me... My codependency or caretaking tendencies are from our childhood mm -hmm. and seeing things that got out of control within our family and within our parents and then trying to fix it. And right. and we recently had this discussion. Yeah. But for a long time, I very much believed that I fixed things or you and me, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. I fixed things. We fixed things because it really in that moment felt like I did and like I, we were that glue we were the uh, yeah if I hadn't have managed my parents feelings or my family's feelings 
or other people in general, then things would have fallen apart. And I really did believe that. But when I, when I sit and I look back at that, it's so not true. Like when I was 11, I did not fix our family. Right. And I think it's really, I think it's, I think it's really important to take a look at that and then to give credit where credit's due. So for in my, or in my case, I had to really sit with you know, my parents did the work. Yeah. You know, and my family did the work and 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 yeah, maybe I had like a hand in like pointing some stuff out. Uh-huh. You know, or like or I had a hand in maybe even contributing to some of the stuff that was going on, but other other people like they make their own choices at the end of the day. And right. despite how much I think that I influenced them to make that decision and I fixed things, I didn't. I really really didn't. Yeah. And they did the work and they and it wouldn't have worked. Or nothing would have been fixed if they hadn't made that decision. And I think sometimes that really gets lost in the shuffle, especially around childhood stuff. I think a lot of times we forget that when we're when we're coming from experiences in childhood, we look at them through a childlike lens. So like the yes. classic example of that and a very codependent one is my my parents are getting a divorce, so it's my fault. And obviously as an adult we know that's not true but as a child that feels very true and we have to kind of go back and re-examine no it wasn't my fault because even if logically we feel we know that's not true emotionally we still do feel that's true so we have to like go back and give credit where credit's due and rather than thinking that you are the cause or the glue that's either breaking people up or holding people together Uh uh and uh I think that's a big lesson to learn. So is codependency, it's not a diagnosis, right? It's just like, it's, what is it? It's a a behavior? It's a behavior that is learned and it's in reaction to circumstances, trauma, and other people. Okay. Okay. And I, and, and the argument that I want to make is that like at the time it feels very adaptive. So that's why it's really difficult for people to let go. Right. Of codependent behaviors because, again, like in the moment, it's like, well, I, f- I fixed it. I feel like what would people do without me? And it's like that's Correct. just not true. So we really have to learn that we're – those behaviors are not functional despite uh-huh. how functional they feel uh-huh. in the moment. And it's really something that you have to like talk through and work through. It's not a diagnosis. It's not something that there's like, oh, I can just, you know, take, this is it. take a medication. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah. like, this is it. This is, this is me. I can't help it. Like, yeah. you, like you can help it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's good news because then it's also, I don't have to like, like just sit with it and live with it forever. Yeah. No, that's like, great. Yeah. You have agency and change around it. Um, And I think, you know, just to emphasize I don't want to use the word to like diagnosis, but like, I guess kind of, of like, okay, so like, what does codependency look like? So I can yeah, know like? what to do with it. Um, so symptoms or like tendencies, like behavioral tendencies that someone will have. Who is exhibiting codependent yeah. behaviors. And I and I, I did something fun here because we love astrology. So I gave every, I like, yeah, gave, that's cute. I gave like 10, like, you know, this is a very like Leo trade or it something like that. It is true. Yeah. Looking at um, this list. Yeah. So, okay. So always, so symptoms and tendencies, always trying to fix other people's problems. Mm-hmm. To me, that's very, it's very Virgo. It's Libra. It's very Cancer. It's extremely Capricorn. Kind it's, of Pisces. It's, it's very water sign. It's very water sign and earth sign too. Yeah. Um, self-critical perfectionist. 
Yeah. Again, with the earth sign. Um, uh-huh. Virgo, Capricorn, I think Li- Libras and Scorpios. Uh-huh. Yeah, perfectionist um, for sure. Trouble with boundaries. Mm. This is very water sign again. Yeah. Pisces, Cancer, um, Libra, and Gemini. And I guess water sign and air sign. Um, acting like a martyr. Huh. To me, that's very like Virgo. Yeah. I do that all the time. Um, it, it's very Cancer and it's Capricorn as well, I think. Overworking yourself. Capricorn and Virgo. Hmm. I don't that's know if anyone else fits in that yeah. kind of category. Um, you want another is you want predictability structure and certainty yes and so for this one i said <laughs> i said i pretty because pretty much everyone yeah. wants predictability structure and certainty i said everyone except Gemini. gemini's and fire signs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a leo a sagittarius or an aries you're you, like fine with like things being <laughs> you on fire on fire and chaos yeah. um low self-esteem mm-hmm. that can just vary for anyone that's yeah. more personal than yeah. um Interesting. Very sensitive to criticism. Yes. Hmm. So for this one, I said Virgo, Capricorn, Taurus, Aries, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. Well, and it's interesting you say Scorpio because I'm a Scorpio. And I think there's there's the idea that Scorpios are very, like, hard and shell. Nothing can touch us. But it's like Scorpios are big babies. <laughs> like, and, like, I would say a lot, of, a, a lot of people say this. And it, it's true. It's like on the exterior, you act very hardened. But when it really comes to it, we're mm-hmm. all just, like, big babies Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yes that's that's very that's very on point so now that we've all self-diagnosed ourselves as codependent what do we do with it yeah and what's what does the recovery look like so so I think the key question around codependency that basically just gets your thoughts turning and this is from very personal experience because my very first therapist like immediately saw uh-huh. that I had so many caretaking behaviors and she was like yo and she <laughs> and so she asked me this she said what would happen if you didn't do that if you didn't take care of other people like what would happen and I was like dumbstruck I was like uh like what well, was your instant answer like oh like it's gonna fall apart oh you- for sure yeah, yeah okay yeah. It, it was but it was almost like I had well, even more like the, com- the- the possibility. Right. You had and then I I love the thing that therapists do. Um when you get in that thing of like, what would happen? This would happen. And then it's so like, what? And then what? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then what or so what? Mm-hmm. And then it's like I think that's when I, I get the uh <laughs> type of thing, like so yeah. what? Well, um, I I guess, yeah. I guess nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, because I would like I was always so worried that like people would be like upset or like right. out of control or mad yeah. at me. And then So what? Yeah, exactly. So what? And the answer is like nothing. Right. And it's like, yeah. so what am I afraid would happen versus like what will realistically happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and where should I be focusing my efforts instead? So like if I'm, I'm, I'm working so hard towards managing that this doesn't happen, right? you know, like so I'm working really hard towards managing that someone's not mad at me or someone doesn't fail or someone doesn't become out of control. Like where else should my efforts be focused? Yeah, instead? and like when you say that, it's like I think about where I was back then. Like I was so focused on making sure that my ex didn't fail and that he was so successful in his career. And now that it's like, versus where can I be focusing those efforts now? Now I'm focusing those efforts on 
spending time with my friends, doing what I want to do, um, taking voice lessons, Mm -hmm. like doing things that genuinely make me happy. And not that he didn't, you know, but it's like, it's like I, you have an identity. I, I, I I never would have thought that I would have been able, it sounds so silly, but like take voice lessons. Mm -hmm. It just, it, it, it sounded, it would sound so superfluous and like Mm self-serving when it's like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, there's bigger fish to fry. I have to save his career. (laughs) I don't have time to spend an hour singing. <laughs> yeah, so 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 other ways. So first sort of asking yourself a question around what would happen if I was not exhibiting these behaviors uh-huh. if I didn't try to control things. Um and then some other things that are very helpful in terms of stepping back from codependent behaviors. So boundaries, saying no. And it sounds so simple, but it's so hard for someone who does have codependent tendencies. So saying no removing yourself from the triangle so you're not actually helping you're just enabling behaviors or losing your identity so Mm -hmm. removing yourself from whatever the triangle is whether it's like you your partner and alcohol or like the family the child and um the non-existent career you know whatever it is that's the 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 pieces the three pieces there removing yourself from the triangle um, asking what needs of yours need to be met. So mm-hmm. again, diverting energy towards things that you actually do have control over. Mm-hmm. Um, make a list of what is and is not in your control. And, you know, a hint around this is like nothing that is not in your own direct action. So if I can't literally do anything about it instantaneously, it's not on my control. Take an inventory of your life um, and who is facilitating codependent patterns. So who is – and when I say facilitating, who is um, asking for codependent patterns? You need to make patterns? a list and check it twice. Make a list <laughs> of, who's, of who's asking – like who likes, you know, your codependency, who wants to be mm-hmm. – who wants you to kind of like fix things um, and how to remove yourself from situations. Yeah. Who's modeled codependency in your in your family go to therapy. Um, for extreme examples, particularly with more of life-saving kind of life, life-saving versus like life-scary kind of stuff with um, alcohol or drug use, there's specific 12-step programs. So Al-Anon is, is all about codependency. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's codependent anonymous too, which is kind of like a broader spectrum, but there's like specific step-by-step programs around codependency. There's a lot of groups out there too, like Codependent No More. Mm-hmm. Um, and then speaking of Codependent No More, there's a great book by Pia Melody called Codependent No More. And uh, it's a really good read. And I think it really gives a lot of very real life examples around these were behaviors that people were exhibiting. And here is how they healed from it. Right. And she has an awesome name, Pia Melody. I know. It's so like musical. It's so perfect. I wish I had that name. Okay, so moving on to talk about some other shit. We're talking about adults at Disneyland. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Mostly the ugly. (laughs) Mostly the ugly. So this came about – well, we talk about this all the time, but we thought – so there was a blog that got posted, like, last year that started to get really buzzy, and it was some mom blogger who wrote a blog that said, like – child child she calls them childless millennials childless millennials should be banned from disneyland yeah and her whole thing was like if you don't have a kid you should not be allowed in disneyland 
or Disney World, which is like so weird. And yeah, the most and, bizarre. Well, and she's like unhinged, so it, it <laughs> makes me so happy when people write this stuff. So you haven't. I'm gonna read to you. What I she remember wrote. hearing about it. Yeah, but and I was like laughing. <laughs> like it's so stupid. But I'm gonna read to you <clears throat> what she wrote in her article about this. So she says. Um, there's a lot of like all caps and multiple exclamation points. It pisses me off to no end when I see childless couples without children at Disney World. People without children need to be banned. <laughs> Mothers with children should be allowed to skip all the line. Wait, what? Disney World is a family amusement park, yet these immature millennials mm-hmm. throw away their money on useless crap. Oh they God. have no idea the joy and happiness it is to mothers who buy their babies treats and toys. <laughs> treats and toys. Treats and toys. But also, like, you can... I'm not stealing... Like, there's plenty of... There's plenty to go there's around. Pl- <laughs> Disney life never run out of no, treats Yeah, or toys. treats or toys. Like, we're not scooping them all up. But I think she thinks that we are because this was her next argument. I love how she's, like, so... I mean, talk about codependency. So identifying with, like, the mothers. The mothers, I mean? like, yeah. Oh and, and so I think she thinks that we're all taking away her children's treats and toys because she said, this cunt in some <gasps> very slutty shorts was buying a Mickey pretzel and Aiden, of course, her kid's name is Aiden, Aiden. of course. See our last episode. And Aiden wanted one, but the line was very long. So I said later, and it broke his poor little heart and he cried. She's and then she continued, I wanted to take that fucking pretzel from that tramp. Like, thanks, bitch. You made my son cry. Oh my god. Actually, you made your son cry. Just wait in line. Yeah, you couldn't tolerate being in line. Also, you clearly don't know anything about Disneyland because I know multiple pretzel lines that she could have moved to. Yeah. Where there were probably shorter lines than like the one main one on Main Street. That's the first pretzel line that you see. Yeah. So I can't believe she used the C word. Like whole, I mean, I, I can believe it because clearly she is unhinged. But like, I know, wow. I, I know, but I said it because I was reading it. I know you're allowed I wasn't to say being it. like naughty. Um, <laughs> and yeah, this was like an anonymous blog post. So I don't think they ever like found. I think it might oh, have been on Facebook. No, it might have. It might have been on Facebook. It was. It, it was. I need to see her. Yeah, it was like anonymous. I yes, people would have found her for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's crazy, and so this is an extreme example. But I think there's a lot of people who like don't get why adults go to Disneyland like I've been on dates with people and like we'll talk about Disneyland or something and they're like oh like I haven't been since I was five and like in LA like we're 30 minutes away yeah and um and then when I ask like oh why not they're like oh but like it's for kids and like it's not it's really fun like Disneyland is the best um it's I always think of it as like the best place to go when you need to not think about any of your problems Mm -hmm. because you really can't I mean obviously yeah you can talk about stuff in line but like you're so it's like like music and smells and happiness and like it's just an experience and magic is like pumped in at you from all (laughs) angles yeah so like I've gone there when I've like felt like shit and Mm -hmm. then like you you forget all of your problems because 
the thing I love about Disneyland is like the way they designed it is like once you're in the park, you can't see anything outside of the park. So you can't hear it. You literally cannot hear anything. You don't know anything exists. You know, different from like Universal, which I think there's still like. Oh, you're like in Los Angeles. Yeah, you know where you are. But like when you're in Disneyland, like you are in Disneyland. Mm -hmm. Like it is a real place. You're there and like you can watch parades and there's characters walking Mm -hmm. around and everyone's happy except for the crazy people, which we'll get to. Well, they're happy but yeah yeah well not if you still not if you're in slutty shorts yeah i love that slutty shorts i would love to see the slutty shorts um and we just love it we go all the time we like to go for the holidays halloween at disneyland is so fun oh and the food they disneyland food is amazing and whenever i tell that to people they're like really because i think theme park food has a reputation like this isn't six flags you guys (laughs) disneyland food and it's gotten so much better over the years because now it's like a a culture and it is so freaking good and we just love we just love to go we like to go on the rides it's fun we like to saunter around yeah we like to people watch i'd say that's one of our favorite things to do and that's how we've gotten into the thing of like who are like the weird people that go to Disney and these are people that these that we've broken them down into different tiers which qualifier like I'm sure <laughs> like even like so like my my husband hates doesn't hate going to Disneyland but like it's not he doesn't thing. hate it but he like yeah he yeah, just he's it's like not I'm not thing. paying 150 dollars to walk around a park all he day. doesn't get the joy that we get no it. definitely not and so he would even say that like we're weird oh for, yeah like, going yeah, yeah yeah so but you know like I think of like my like good friends who are like my age and who love Disneyland too and uh-huh. like they get it they get it they're like oh yeah like yeah. it's so So fun. this is why I can call out other weird people who go to Disneyland because I am one of them too but, and, <laughs> and yeah and we reckon we we well, let's check our let's, yeah <laughs> let's check our weirdness um and so within that there are different levels of weird people that we have seen in the parks and or experienced on Instagram there is a large Disney oh my God. culture Do on Instagram a get lost um, for a couple hours yeah there there's cosplayers there's um we're going to go through them. We're not going to name names. We're not going to name names of the accounts we follow. If you, if you're curious, we will tell you, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to put on last year, but these are the people that we follow or have seen in real life. Um, okay. So yes, there are weird people at Disney. These are the tiers of these weird people. Okay. Tier one, this isn't weird, but I guess we fall into the that category you know the people that like adults that love to go to disney yeah and like follow disney accounts follow disney accounts um talk about the food there's a lot of really good accounts that we follow that like just like talk about the food and the merch and like the new stuff at the park like new parades and things um we will share these people because we like them dole whip dollies love love dole, love dole, dole whip dollies um oh um oh we know disney i we, love we know there's and they're two girls are so cute um and they just they always try all the food. They give really good reviews of it. We know Disney. They're great. Um, Disney Food Blog. She does stuff mostly in Disney World. And then her Dining in, uh, dining in Disney is her um, Disney World counterpart. Disneyland so, counterpart. Disneyland counterpart. Sorry. So Disney Food Blog um, and Dining in Disney. Um, the Lost Bros. They do well, like. Are, those are controversial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the fence. Um, they do like merchandise, like Disney shirts and stuff. Um, they're, they have like. You guys is like an empire. He's an empire, and we've thought about getting into it. Yeah, conversation for later. So, <laughs> Lost Pros are maybe our competition. So we won't we won't give them too much love. <laughs> but they're like nice enough. They're fine. Um, okay, so that's the one tier, and we'll self disclose that we are part of it. Yes. Um, okay, now let's get into the good stuff. So there is a culture on Instagram, <laughs> and we have witnesses in real life of people who I can't even like 
talk about they this. Ta- I know. It's so good. I love talking about this. They take glamour shots of the characters. They will wait in line to see the characters. Long lines. Long lines. They will, once they get to the front of the line, Sleeping Beauty asks, and we've seen this, Sleeping Beauty asks, should we get a picture? And then they say, can I just take some of you? And then so she bless her with yeah. her straight face goes through all of her princess poses of like the hands clasped yeah like, the hands by the face the dreamy pose yeah. all her different poses and they are snapping away on their very expensive dslr cameras and and it's so uncomfortable to watch it's, it's so uncomfortable so to watch it's because so it's weird. like what like what are you doing with because my, the, my like, thing is like what are you like, doing, what are you with, doing this? with these and but yeah. i've but there's instagram accounts yeah. where they're just these pictures of the parks and they're always like the captions are like snow they call like snow white snow and they'll be like snow looked so gorgeous today in this light yeah you know i love seeing her she brings a ray of sunshine yeah talking about them in like personal levels yeah Yeah. like like she is a real person and this is you know and this is not pretend (laughs) yeah and it you know it'll be like oh my gosh like i love like i i love aladdin and jasmine's love together and these photos really capture how deeply in love they are and how they how they are truly meant to be or like or like even i think i think honestly the first introduction we had to this was like you found an account that was like a a girl who is a princess and, or plays a Disney princess like at, in the parks like yes. a park princess and she yes, yes, was yes, doing yes. was doing that like the shots of the characters and writing like love letters to the characters like from her like she played Belle or something like that. Yes. Oh, and she was like yes, dearest. Yeah. No. Yeah. She was snow. Um. I. I. Your joy and radiance. Yeah. Brings a light to my your life. Your joy and radiance. Yeah. Yes. 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 And, and like, I was like, what the fuck? And then I remember you sending it to me, and you were like, I think she's actually like talking about them as if they're real people, and she's the person, right? And like, little did we know that this is like a very like normalized. Yeah. Thing. So that was like the tip of the iceberg, where it's like, okay, this is like weird, like, like people. We'll do this like just here? get a picture with them and move on with your day please don't like take these expanse like they're dressing up they're dressing up yeah they're very so good professionally paid cosplayers which is fine but like they're not real like please stop it yeah like we love disneyland but we also know it's it's not, not real. real ariel is not a real person yeah okay now um another tier this is a little bit different disney bounding yeah don't so know how familiar know, people are with it yeah what's what would you say so the definition of disney bounding is it's essentially you you dress in a way that's inspired by the characters so disneyland um has this rule where if you're over a certain age essentially if you're not a kid you can't come into I think the it's park like under 10 yeah i mean they'll yeah so like obviously the kids can wear the princess dresses and whatever they want but over a certain age you can't come into the park essentially they're looking for adults people like teenagers and adults and above because they don't want you coming to the park in your intense cosplay as Tinkerbell and then you're walking around and people take pictures with you and pretending that you're Tinkerbell. It's like a liability thing. Yeah. So it makes total sense. Um, And the only times you can do that, so you may have seen people on whatever, the only times you can do that are at the Halloween party. They do the Halloween party all during the month of October and at that it's like nighttime hours. It's a separate ticketed event and you can like go all out and we will get into the people who go all out. Um, So Disney bounding is like how people like dress up as the characters without dressing up as the characters. So it'd be like going to the parks and wearing like green pants and like a purple crop top and like 
red and like doing and like dyeing your hair red that day so to like be, to be okay yeah, yeah 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 and like they'll put they'll have like starfish earrings and like yeah. a thing like that or like, or like a flounder like purse yeah and like a flounder purse yeah. yeah and so obviously like you can tell like she's in green leggings and a purple yeah. top but she's pretty like she's inspired it's like inspired by yeah. Ariel yeah so there's a lot of people who do that and we love finding them because they're always just like strange and so we love pointing out we're like I yeah. think she's Disney bounding yeah. as like Minnie or mm-hmm. Donald I don't know it's there it's the the limit does not exist like it's <laughs> they they do it all the time and there's like They'll do it in their private life and then in, like, Disney life. Yeah, they'll, too. like, yeah, they because they'll post a lot. Like, they'll, they'll, like, they'll wear it to, like, I don't know, like, to a bar, to the grocery store. Like, yeah. I would never wear – I like, I yes, I, I'm trying to think. I don't even think I have, like, a Disney shirt. But if I had, like, a T-shirt that had – yeah, I have, yeah. like, a Mickey sweatshirt. Yeah, everyone – like, that's fine. Yeah. But no. I'm not going to the grocery store dressed in, like, overalls and, yeah. like, a red shirt yeah. and, like – you know, a bow in my hair and, like, to be mini. Yeah. But people do that. And, I mean, again, it's, like, your prerogative, but we think it's weird. And so those are always fun. So next time you're in the park, kind of, like, look around. You can, like, spot them because they're always taking pictures and they're usually all dressed as a group. So you're, like, those – because, like, when we go to the park, we wear jeans and, like, we wear, like, cute clothes. Mm -hmm. Like, we wear, like, stuff we would wear normally, like, cute, comfortable stuff. Like, you know, and, like, usually it's either people in, like, normal clothes or it's people in, like – Disney shirts or sweatshirts, which is normal. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other tier of it where you're like, why does she look like the essence of Ariel? You know, I say like LaCroix is like, it's (laughs) like whispering like pineapple next to water. (laughs) It's like if someone went up to this girl and like whispered Ariel and then she was like lightly dressed. So those are interesting. So that's just a tier. And then, and then there's separate days where you're allowed. (gasps) Oh God. Oh God. Yeah. The end. God, the most recent. Highly one. recommend you you try and look go out these up. days. So there's oh. um Dapper Day. Dapper Day Disneyland. It is the. It is. We went one day before. We, we didn't, didn't know. know. What, I was and like, why everyone is everyone was in like it? A weirdo. So they dress like they're in the fifties. So they wear like poofy dresses, and they're Disney. Usually, they're either Disney bounding as a dapper version it's like it's like, it's like it's like almost like mary poppins-esque well yeah it, it's that type of clothes it's like 50 petty or like two like petticoat dresses, petticoat dresses big poofy stuff heels heels 50s type of hair curled yeah. um like retro very parasols re- parasols like retro vintage very retro, ma- yeah. vintage makeup big red lip like all this like vintage stuff but so it's like disney bounding as Ariel if she lived in the 50s. It's like the most convoluted. So, but people love it. It's like the most popular it. one. So then there's there, bat there's bat day. <laughs> bat day. Bats day. Bats, excuse it's me. Bats, but not possessive. Bats day at the fun park. B-A-T-S. Bats day at the fun park. We don't know what it stands for, but it, it it's is in May. It is May and it is goth BDSM <laughs> people who they're have their really, annual outing at Disneyland. And some of them are dressed as like dis like goth Disney characters, but not all like that's most a, of them are in their goth wear. Yeah. This isn't Disney bounding goth bell. This yeah. is they are in like Which would be far more cool. Yeah. Yeah. They are in like leather and chains and stuff yeah. that's like like uncomfortable to wear for like 15 hour yeah. days at a park. It's and like also plastic. like I'm not trying to be like policing but it's like not appropriate to be oh yeah they're like that. wearing assless chaps with leggings underneath like it's like yes really it's like they're getting away with it they're not showing anything yeah. but like there's like the boobs are out yeah like it's just like uh, like 
I, I just don't get it, but it's very interesting to watch. And so it's this, yeah, it's very BDSM. That's the only way it I can is. describe it, it. It's, it's extremely It's like whips, BDSM. leather, chains yes, no, go to real. Disneyland and they just make it PG-13. <laughs> and barely. And then, and there's like the juxtaposition of like them all taking pictures in front of like the castle. Is like, it kills me. And then the most recent one. What was the one that we it was, saw? Okay, I remember. It, this loops would be exactly what I'm talking about. Jeffrey Epstein on the episode. Oh, yes. It, oh, my God. Lolita Day. And yes, you heard that correctly. And yes, it's disgusting. I have never seen anything like that. Oh, my that. God. I totally forgot. Yes, that was, this was last time we went. And was it in November? It was in, um, yes. It was November. It was November. It was October. Yes. Yes. It yes. Was October. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it, yeah. It was October. So, it's in the fall. So, it was... Harajuku-esque, but more Harajuku in the way of it's like colored wigs, bright pastel colors, kind of baby dollish. Um, Very baby doll. No, in the way that sometimes Harajuku can do that. Uh-huh. But these took it to it was like Harajuku babies. Yes, it was it was sexy babies. Sexy babies. Like, sexy babies go to Disney. So like think of like a baby doll dress. Now make it really tiny and short. Barely covering your ass. Barely covering add like tall socks thigh highs thigh highs mary janes like a big bow in your hair and a crazy wig and it was it, it i it's and like, like a, and they were like walking around with like a big lollipop yeah it was and it it's was called so and i guess lolita day i don't know the time they're trying to do is like you know obviously the book but yeah. like it's like have you have you guys read the book like, right I'm but really it, confused. i'm just trying to think like what they're like it's like prepubescent girl it is cute baby child yeah it's like what they're trying to do but and it's sexualized yeah but sexualized, but sexualized. and sexualized. I, I cannot stress enough how fucking weird it was it was so creepy and and we were already creeped out by it when we saw it we're like what is happening why are there like sexy babies walking around yeah. and yeah. then when we frantically googled it at lunch and we found it was lolita day I we was were like lost screaming yeah, and we I were just like, like grossed out so that's another one. Oh, it's so beyond. we have dapper day bath day at the fun park lolita, lolita day. day i'm sure there's others. there's another one one time when i went there was a meetup and it oh, was yeah. so it was inspired by the jungle cruise i forget what it's called it was like jungle cruise or tiki explorer so imagine like the what the people wear on the jungle cruise or it's like tiki khaki adventure retro vintage adventure and there was like a hundred people and they because they did like a big photo op in the morning by the jungle cruise so they were all standing there and like the people had decked out strollers to like look like the jungle cruise they dress their kids as like elephants and tigers then the parents (laughs) were dressed in like khaki and like adventure like safari hats it's like safari wear. Yeah. Um, so that was another weird one. Yeah. And so those are the ones that we've seen in person. And I'm sure there's I'm there, I know no, there's, there's definitely more, others, yeah. but it's like very so that's a that's a whole other thing of like Disney bounding. I think it falls under that. Now let's get into the good stuff. Yeah. So th- okay, I I want to start with people because we'll get into this. I want to start with people who think that the characters are real yeah. and that they personally know them. Why don't you explain the thing with Jack Sparrow? Okay, so this is a step <laughs> up from people. It's, it's it's like a Venn diagram. So like yeah. not everyone who takes pictures of them personally think that they know the characters. Correct. Or that like, they're like literally real. Literally real. But no one does that and doesn't take pictures of the characters. Like it's Correct. like it falls under the Correct. same category kind of. So there was this whole article that came <laughs> I out. I love this was article. It, where, where, what magazine was it in? Oh, I think it was like Entertainment. Yeah. It was like I want to say whatever. We'll we'll have to find it. It was it was called Jack Sparrow is a friend of mine. 
And it was all about this guy who played Jack Sparrow in the parks in the height of um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean heyday when it was just because you so really don't. Popular. He's really not like he's not out really and about. there anymore. And like, well, I will add that the character, whoever they get to play him, they're amazing. Actors. They're amazing. Yeah, they're they fantastic. look just like him. They have the mannerisms down. Yeah. Like it's, it actually is like really cool to see. because yeah. it's very well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he he play, he was cast as Jack Sparrow and he played him like several times a week. And this was all about just like his experience as the character. Yeah. and. It it's such a good article. It's such a good article. I, I, it's just so fascinating. It's like such a slice of humanity. And so the most interesting takeaways for us was that <laughs> there's people that he called the annual pass holder regulars. And these are people that without fail would come to visit him every so twice a week, I think, was how often he did yeah. it. Yeah. Every, t- every time. So they knew his schedule. They knew his schedule. They would show up where he would be in the park they would like know his like little yeah. route or ask in advance and then th- a line would form they would get in the line and they would talk to him for like the two or three allotted minutes that you get like about like about their day like, and like about hey, their Jack, life like how are you but like also like peppering in like yeah elizabeth's a real rascal huh like, yeah like, no yeah like 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 acting like oh my gosh like where did you park the black pearl today <laughs> <laughs> and you're like how did you sail it and he'll, he'll look at like the water that they, they have like a like a water thing and he's probably like oh you can't see it but it's <laughs> it's behind there and that's it, like she was a real along. sturdy ship to get in and like poor thing he has to play along you know with because, these adults with adults and adults. that's the difference you know it's so it's it's cute when you you know like you i have a little I've been there with little kids and they go up to the things and they're like oh my god it's Mickey and they really think he's real and mm-hmm. that's what the characters are there for yeah. and you know and so the, these regulars they say they're so they they're, they're, they're middle aged women they're, oh, yeah. they're all middle aged they're all middle aged women and then they would get their three minutes of time and then the, the character handler like shuffles them out like yeah. move along and then you guys they get back in line and then they go through the line again for hours so they just you know bless them they're waiting their turn yeah they're they're doing the work yeah so they're getting in line and like that's and they're having these conversations Conversations. so and another good tidbit from that is um he gets phone numbers all the time from women who write their numbers on napkins and pieces of paper and then they give it to him yeah like i don't know if they're thinking if I don't know. I don't, if, they, I don't know what they're what they're hoping they're him expecting. to be as Sparrow as Jack yeah. Sparrow or him as his real self. For sure, it's Jack Sparrow. They want him to <laughs> knock on their <laughs> Disneyland hotel suite in his like. Yeah, I would have vomit. Like jangling as he walks. Oh my god, jangling! <laughs> as you said that, I can literally hear it. It's like. Why is the road? Why don't you like knock on the door and say that? It's like some creepy ass foreplay. It's so gross. So that's so. Sure so that's like a great for. one and i think he said that he had been like inappropriately groped. touched and yeah. groped like on his butt or yeah. his like genitalia, genitalia yeah. <laughs> which is like so unacceptable and like and and we've heard that from other um stories of people of like gross old men who like grope the princesses and like take a picture of them and then like put yeah in their hand like up their ass it's yeah like it's so like so creepy. inappropriate yeah. and gross and so like that's just like makes me sad and mad and i guess i to me i'm like with women who we know what it's like to have to deal with that stuff i'm like do better like yeah and i mean both parties do better but yeah. i guess I, I i was surprised to hear that like women are doing that too to like the male characters it's and like so gross. that's gross so 
there are other people who do this where they talk to the characters like they live in their real life. Um, like Peter, like how like Peter, like how is Neverland? Like, have you gotten that nasty Captain Hook to settle down? And we're talking about like 20, 20 to thirty year old. 20 year olds and yes. these are not children who are these are not like special needs we're not making fun of people who really don't know the difference they between the these difference. characters these are people who work everyday jobs they know that these aren't real characters but they show up and they're like talking to them like talking children. <laughs> talking to them like they're children and like they um you know actually live in neverland and like the peter pan again bless these characters they're so good they're so they're trained so, yeah where they know everything about the characters and they know exactly how to respond because usually it's like little kids and they're not expecting adults to be like what's the weather like in neverland where where is captain hook and he has to be like oh that smarmy hook yeah. like he's always crazy and yeah, like yeah. running around and it was like balmy today in neverland <laughs> and then i gotta go back there it's like and they're, they keep a straight face they're so good and like so we follow this one person who does this specifically with Captain America. Oh my god! And <laughs> she, and, and and Flynn Rider. Yes, R- Rapunzel's. Uh, Those are her things. Um, she is definitely um, attracted to Captain America. <laughs> I guess both the person that plays him, but the character. So she goes all the time to visit him. So he's in like California Adventure and they have like a Marvel section and you know it's perfect for little boys and mm-hmm. little girls you know all the kids that like the Marvel stuff like you know it's great for like the 12 year old boys who are like too cool to pose yeah. with princesses but they want to see like Spider-Man. Spider-Man yeah. So she's always at the Captain America line and she takes all these pictures. Um, Dressed she, as the girl in the movie. Yeah social dresses yeah whatever that girl is know. his love interest she'll dress as him she'll wear it or she'll wear like a st- she like wears like a star-spangled banner dress like Just like anything american el- american flag outfits she'll specifically change into for a picture with him and not and only she makes and not only dance yeah with her. Not only does she take a picture, but she spends most of her time talking, like, how are you? Like, you know. Saving the world out there. Yeah. But then, like, I think, like, peppering in, like, things about herself. So, you know, it's like they're on a date. She, in her mind, I think. And they are. I think she and then she, that. like, asks him to dance with her. Again, she isn't this person. And pers- he can't. It's not she, like he can say she no. She is not special needs. She is a normal person like you and me. This is, like, me going in, asking the character of Captain America to dance with me, video it, splice it into video. With music. With music, like, little video vignettes. And then she posts those. Like, isn't it love? love. <laughs> it's, like, holy And crap. it's, like, it's just, it's very creepy to us. Yeah. And she does this also with, like, Flynn Rider from Rapunzel or from Tangled. And so she'll go and visit Rapunzel and Flynn and she'll dress up. She'll, she always Disney balance, like, as Rapunzel and she'll bring like her own little like crap like uh, it's like a thing from the movie like the tiara I'm not even gonna get into it like she'll bring this tiara and be like look Flynn like I have Rapunzel's tiara too and he has to be like whoa that's crazy and (laughs) they also know her by name and they know her by name because she's going they're like oh hi blank Yeah. yeah um you know good to see you again how are you and she's like oh I'm good like you know your hair is so beautiful today yeah I I mean it's just like bizarre so that's a thing. And then um, – and there's another part to this. So 
like we said, you adults can fully dress up in your most intense Disney cosplay Whatever you wear. during Mickey's Halloween party. And so people will like go all out. Um and there and we've been to it and we like we did like some face jewels. Like we didn't dress it up. was low key for you sure. know, because we just whatever, you know. But I get it. If you want to dress up, that's fine. But so this certain person that we're talking about, and we've seen other people do it where they'll go to multiple Mickey Halloween parties. And keep in mind, they're like, that's they're an, not cheap. They're like an extra $150 just to get in. Um, So they'll dress up in like, like a full belt. Oh, no. And I mean, rivaling the, the Disney one. Yeah. Wig, makeup, shoes, dress, huge corset, dress, corset, like, it, out of control. Everything, the tiara, everything down to the nines. Yeah. And then they'll go and take pictures with like with the actual with like belt. the real bell, like trying to it's it's like the most like I, I'm trying to think of like a term. It's like throwing shade almost. To yes. Kind of try and be like, it's like it's like trying to prove that they're like better and like should be better. That they should the be parks. the parks because then they love to post things about like don't I look just like a parks bell or they'll do like a poll. Yeah, like who's like, better? Who's who looks better, more like her? Who looks more like Belle? And they'll take like a screen grab of like someone who actually like got the job to play Belle versus like her. And then she, uh, you know, she yeah. desperately wants to win that poll. Yeah. Like, yes, yes, yes. And oh my god, it's it's just the creepiest thing. So you so then And she'll like, take videos also of them like twirling together where she's like, Shall we twirl with our dress, Tiana? And, and this is when she's in character as like Cinderella. Right. You know, right, like, right, right. She's like She'll, you know, so she's playing Cinderella, Cinderella, she'll go to see, like, you know, Ariel, and then she'll be like, oh, Ariel, she's like, can you see me waving at you from my castle? And Ariel has to be like, <laughs> and Ariel's like, Whoa! oh, yes, I saw you. Yeah, yeah. How are things with, with Prince, Prince Charming? Charming. <laughs> and then, and, uh, like, a full-on conversation. Yeah, a full-on conversation yeah. where they both are pretending, um... That and is then, real. <laughs> right, but then I to me the most awkward ones is when it's princess on princess of the same princess. So oh, when for she sure. goes yeah, as yeah. Cinderella to yeah. go and see Cinderella, yeah. and you can see in like the real yeah. Cinderella's eyes is she's like, bitch, I'm Cinderella. I'm getting yeah. paid for this. And then yeah. cause then you cause you know, like, cause that's when she's like, let's twirl in our dresses. Yeah. And then yeah. she'll take these videos of them like twirling together and then put it to like the Cinderella music. It's so and then it's like, like what is going on? Here? It's so yeah. and it's it's just I mean, she gets joy out of it. Bless her. That's fine. But yeah. we we can have joy out of it, too. Through being like, this is the strangest thing, thing I've ever seen. seen. <laughs> it's so weird. So if you guys have seen this stuff or if we've missed certain days that are popular yes. with, like, the bats day, <laughs> bats day, non-possessive bats at the fun park, <laughs> like, please let us know. And there's, like, so much more to get into here. We just don't even have time for it. But we'll, like, continue to talk about this in the future. <laughs> so it's keep, like, keep a lookout. Keep, keep an eye out for those Disney bounders. Okay, guys, that does it for today. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us five stars and let us know what you enjoyed about it. It helps so much. Follow us on Instagram at The Inner Gem. That's T-H-E-I-N-N-E-R-G-E-M. Feel free to DM us anytime with questions or suggestions. Um, and you can find us on our website at gemmed, G-E-M-M-E-D dot N-G-O. And just a quick disclaimer that yes, I am a therapist, but no, I'm not your therapist. So please take everything we said today with a grain of salt. And if you feel that you need help, reach out to an individualized professional. Thank you. Thank you.